Hello, welcome to the Hooper's Lab podcast. I am your dashing host, Brody, and I'm with my co-host, Riley. No, it's not Cap. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm all right. You're all right. Uh, Yesterday was the first game of the finals, so how excited were you feeling? Were you with the results of the game? And, like, how much did you actually watch of it? How excited was I before the game? Yeah, like, going into it, like, how excited you were, like, this is the finals, this is, like, what was your excitement level? I was pretty excited, and yeah, I, I was liking the way the game was looking in, I guess, the first quarter, and then, yeah, uh, <laughs> and it was, like, I still, I still think the Heat are a good match against the Lakers, I think they'll figure things out. Mm-hmm. They'll have Lots of people stuff. are writing them off already, but, like, yeah, it's the first I, game. Uh, I think they'll have to figure out with how to guard AD. But and I think they will. Eric Spolster is a great coach, and uh, at the same time, I only watched till the second quarter. I Ooh. even that I, I I yeah yeah yeah. Um, now we're gonna be talking about the game more later. Uh, just what I want to say beforehand, like I was taking intense note taking before the game or during the game, like the first second quarter, and then at half I was just like, okay, I just kind of tuned out a little bit because. You know, it was a blowout. The Heat did rally back a little bit, but they, they weren't yeah. coming back and winning. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you knew the Lakers were going to blow that. No, well, I'd hope not. <laughs> that would be a colossal. Yeah, no. yeah. They were up by, what, 30? At yeah. one point, maybe more? Yeah. Um, The first piece of news is not game relay. We're going to talk about the game in a little bit. Uh, Doc Rivers, this is really recent, like a couple minutes ago. Uh, Did you hear about this? Last I saw, he was a leading candidate for Philly, I think. It is confirmed he is with Philly now. He is their oh, head he's coach. Been there. Okay. It's been confirmed, yeah. Just like a couple minutes ago. Seems so, like, um, I'm not, I don't, I, I don't mind that signing. It just seems like a very Philly thing to do. It does. I'm not, like, my thing is, Doc Rivers is a coach that has disappointed before he did with the Chris Paul Clippers teams. And he did with this season, obviously. So it just seems kind of weird to have a disappointing coach paired up with a disappointing team. You know? Oh, yeah, 100%. Well, and like, the thing is, like, you, the, I feel like Philly has a big, not exactly ego with Embiid, but, like, someone you have to maintain. And I don't know how well he can do that. That's obviously a huge part of coaching. But mm-hmm. we'll have to see how he can control them and their yeah. pieces they have on the court. Well, like, that's most of what coaching is in the NBA, is just balancing personalities in the locker room, I feel like. Like, really I feel like people... On the court. I feel like people underestimate how much locker room chemistry has been playing just to teams, because we've seen with this year's Clippers, they didn't have lots of team chemistry. There were locker room issues. Last year with the Celtics, same thing. So... NBA fans, especially casual fans, need to realize how much of an importance that team chemistry and stuff like that plays. Well, and a lot of people had the Lakers as like their fourth, fifth seed this year. Some people yeah. even lower. And yeah. a lot of the reason that the Lakers were very successful this year is because, according to players like Dwight and Danny Green, that they have some of the best chemistry ever. So it that's why they're in the finals. Exactly. Same with the Heat. The Heat have great team chemistry too. Those are the two probably highest team chemistries probably in the league, maybe. 
at least like in the playoffs, like yeah. yeah. So and like they're the two highest chemistries in the league. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I mean it does play a huge role in Doc Rivers. I personally like D'Antoni better for the Sixers team. I wish that they would have went after him, but it's whatever. I mean, Doc Rivers. Where do you see D'Antoni going now? Uh, where do I see him going now? I mean, I want him to go to the Pelicans just because of how they should be playing basketball and how he kind of fits towards that. But I- I'm not sure. I don't know what, what other the King, teams... What if the Kings got rid of Walton? If the Kings... I, okay, I low-key wanted Doc Rivers to go to the Pacers. I don't know why. The Pacers? Found... That's not a bad fit. I just... Because you look at what he did with that Clippers team in last year. Yeah, last, last year, year. what he did with that Clippers it's team. Similar. I thought he could kind of transfer that energy to the Pacers, but... Maybe they go with a younger guy, more development, because they're probably going to a rebuild. Not really a rebuild. I mean, I don't. The thing is, they have young pieces as well, like Brogdon, Turner, and Brogdon's Sabonis. not that young. I know Brogdon's not that young, but he's, he's also 27. like I feel. He's, I still he's twenty seven. Well, I still feel like he old. has like, like I don't think he has much more to improve, but like I don't know how efficient he was this year. Um. I just wrote a piece on him. He shot. I mean, it was before he was injured. He shot really well, but then he got injured and that kind. Oh of yeah, thing. then he then he, it brought down his percentages, didn't it? Yeah, because I wrote about him before he was um playing. Yeah, was he fifty four? Um, he was fifty forty ninety last year, right? He was fifty forty ninety last year. Yeah, he led the league yeah, in free throw percent ninety two percent. Yeah, this year he's forty thirty eighty. So a uh, bit of a step down. Uh, he shot 44% from the field, 33% from three, and 89% from uh, the free throw line. Yeah. He was also playmaking more, which was a huge jump that we've seen. Yeah, it was – I knew – like, I knew Bronco could be a decent playmaker, like a good playmaker, but he definitely <clears throat> showed that he can elevate it, and he can still be – like, I, I like I, – I honestly like that Pacers team. Like, there's no, like – unless Bubble Warren continues to chill around, like, there's not really <laughs> any – He's not... <laughs> we've, we've seen the last of Bubble Warren, I think. Yeah, unless there's like, unless Bubble Warren chills, there's not really like a main guy on that team, and I don't exactly mind it. Like, obviously, I feel like you need that main guy, but to win I a mean, championship. They're... Yeah, but that's not really their ceiling. They're Indiana, and they're you know, like if you look at that team, like I don't know, I just feel like they're trying exactly. to build a big Is... culture Wait. and just win it. Um. Does all Oladipo wants to leave, right? Or is that, or am I just imagining that he said something like that? Um, I've seen a rumor that he wanted to leave, and like he was requesting a trade, or that he was most likely to leave in the summer. But then he went on IG Live, and I don't know. He said he wants some hardware. That was one of the quotes they sent on his Instagram Live. Is that when he's retired and when he has children, that he wants to have that hardware to kind of like. I don't know. He's got that most improved trophy. Just kidding. It says he's looking to move on from the Pacers. It says they want some hardware. I think he's trying to go to a win-now team and just have a lesser role. Dallas? I, I think. Dallas is one of the main teams that I kind of want to see him go to. Um, there's obviously teams like the Celtics have been rumored, which I don't think makes sense at all. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. They they need, all, they, all Celtics need is a big man. They need Bro, Miles Turner. He's on the same team. Just get Miles Turner. You don't need – you're looking at the wrong player. Yeah. My thing is with the – I just thought of this with the Celtics needing a center. I don't know if this was just in the playoffs and when people play more minutes, but Daniel Tice was, like, always in foul trouble or getting fouled out. Um, 
I mean, against Bam, he didn't really do well. But in the regular season, I really like what I see from Daniel Tice. It's just I like, like I like Tice too, but I don't think I'd want him as my starting center on a championship. No, definitely team. not. It was, um, what's the word? It was doable enough, but then once you go against Bam, uh, three point yeah, four fouls per game. So in, in the regular season, yeah, in twenty four minutes, that makes sense. And he always, yeah, uh, rookie season, two point five fouls per game. Yeah, he's always in. Foul trouble, it seems like. But yeah, I mean, he's a valuable player, but not as your starting star. I really like Miles Turner for that team, personally. Um, well, he does exactly what you need. You can allow Tatum to do whatever he wants, basically offensively, with that stretch full five ability of Miles Turner. Mm-hmm. No one's Turner really, this season. Uh, I'll check, but no one's really talking about this. But like, I looked at some stats of like Jason Tatum in the fourth quarter in that Heat series. He did not do well. In the fourth, really? No, he didn't. I was thinking in the first quarter is what he did. I guess, yeah. There was a lot of times where I was like, Tatum, what are you doing? Like, in the clutch, he just, like, was neutralized a lot. And I think that that's one thing moving forward that they got to fix up. Uh, Miles Turner well, I think thir- he himself can figure it out as well. Miles Turner started uh, 34% from three. So, but it was on his um, highest usage from three. In his career, he shot four threes a game, three four percent. I mean, it's not bad. Could be I, better. I, yeah, it could be better. I mean, I don't know how. I like obviously. I, I'm not gonna lie. I don't watch a lot of a lot of Pacers games, so I don't know how like what his shot types mostly were. Like, it's mostly I'm assuming for the most part, at the top yeah. of the three. Yeah. from what I see. Yeah, like he's not a corner. It's mostly. Well, with big men, that's usually what it is for shooting. You look at guys like Brooke Lopez, Daniel Tice, Valen Chunis, like those kind of guys, they just – it's top of the key threes. Top of the key mid uh, – also like kind of that uh, wing mid-range area. Yeah, like those are the highest frequency of shots because you're not going to really stuff the big man in the corner because they're big and the corners are crammed. Like you're not going to yeah. put a seven-footer there, you know? So it's mostly top of the three. Um – but yeah, back to the Pacers. Sabonis is a player that I think can really improve next year. Uh, he took a big jump this year. And I don't know how much more I see him improving, though. I see him expanding his range. That's the thing I see him improving in. That's true. That's true. Because he is not a three-point shooter. Like he is a post. He is a post-score playmaker. You know, like he averaged five assists a game. That's kind of what he added to this game this year. Was kind of getting better in the post and playmaking, but I think he's really going to expand his range this year on the team. And I want to see him playing the center. Oh, my God. Shot 25% from three this year? On one attempt a game. So he's, like, not shooting them, you know? Because he's not... I think he could expand his range next year, and I want him to get center. So you want that Miles Turner trade? I think that it would make sense, yeah. Both teams, yeah. Just Hayward and Turner flip? My thing about here's my thing about the Pacers, right? I don't know how we got to the Pacers, but yeah, we're talking my... about the Pacers a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, here's the last thing, and then we'll move on to the game notes. Um, my thing about the Pacers is how I think they can run their offense. I think I don't know how they run it now, but if they trade Miles Turner, right? Like, they don't have an offensive go to guy, but they have a lot of efficient players, so I don't know what their pace per game is. But if I were them, I would kind of slow things down and have an efficient offense, but not have too many possessions. 
like like play it slow, you know. And then defensively, like there's not a lot of great defenders on that team, but they got a couple they, perimeter defenders and all. But they were good defensively just because of the system they were in. Yeah, and that's why I like McMillan for that team. I, I still I still don't know how I felt I feel about them getting rid of McMillan. I really like McMillan as a coach. Yeah, I didn't like that at all really when they got rid of him. I don't know. Like well, that's for their team. Like I don't know. Yeah, like for them, I don't know what else. Who else in the market fits them? I don't know either. I don't really know much about the market now. That I think about like the only players that are the only coaches like Brent Brown. I don't know, man. Ty Lue, but like the the Ooh, bigger name coaches mostly go to the bigger market teams. So I just don't really see anybody going to like the top candidates going to Indiana. You know. Exactly. But, yeah. Um, now that we're done talking about the Pacers, we'll take a quick break, and we'll talk about Game 1 of the NBA Finals. And we are back. Um, I also forgot to mention in the intro that I might sound weirder than normal, but just hopefully it's not too noticeable. It's actually not that bad right now. Okay, it feels really bad. Like, I'm, I'm <laughs> kind of spitting on my laptop, but, you know. Um, I hope it doesn't sound bad. Suckatish, <laughs> Um, I wrote notes about every player really for last night's game. So you pick a player, and we can start discussing them and how they played last night. Just start it off. Uh, hey, um, all right. Let's start off with the boy Jimmy. Jimmy Butler. Um, I really like his aggression in the first like in the, first, in the beginning. It was really good, actually. The Heat, too, as a team, like, usually with teams that are more inexperienced in the finals, like the Heat are, they start out kind of slow, but it was kind of the opposite for them. In the first little bit, they start out the opposite. Yeah, exactly. But I really like Butler's... point lead on them at one point in the first quarter? How many point lead? And it was in, like, 8 or 10 or something. Wasn't it bigger than that? I think they had a bigger lead. It might have been bigger than that. Might have been 13, 12. I'm not sure. But they were leading by, but, I mean, basketball is all about runs. And then Lakers went on a huge run. And then we'll talk about their success later. But they went on a huge run, and the Heat couldn't really recover, unfortunately. Um, But Jimmy Butler, 8 for 13 shooting. He shot 7 for 10 in the first half, which um, is really good. 70% in the first half. He was... A big part of their – I mean, he's their main guy, especially since Drogic's injury. But uh, five for five from the line, too, for Jimmy. I mean, he Jimmy, just Jimmy played things, great. Bro. Jimmy thinks that's why he's there in the finals. But I just want to talk about his injury. So, he injured his ankle, I think, twice, right? Yeah. In that game. So, for that ankle injury – he started hobbling after, but, you know, Jimmy. Jimmy's a tough guy, you know? So he, like, pushed through it. But how do you think that that injury is kind of going to affect the series? Um, I think, Cause like... Because he's playing through it, but... Yeah, I think he's going to try to, and I think it's going to, like, I don't... I can definitely see it affecting his, like, shooting and how he... Well, and just how aggressive he is at times. Like, other, at other times, I think it'll be fine, but I think it'll be, like... I can definitely see it being, like, reoccurring at times throughout the series Mm -hmm. and like with most of like finals i find like a big player usually gets an injury and then after it's discovered oh they were playing through an injury 
Yeah. That seems to always happen. That happened last year with Kawhi Shoulder, I think. And it happened with Bam last series, how we just found out later on that he was suffering an injury the whole time. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It's just like you find out that they're having an injury. So I feel like it's kind of going to be like that, where it's going to be proven to be more serious once the series is over. But, I mean, with Jimmy Butler, I think it's going to affect, like, his intensity and, like, his tenacity Yeah, on the court. Just his mobility, I feel like. Because that zone with the Heat, like, they weren't being as aggressive as we've seen them against the Heat. Yeah. They were not really aggressive, you know? And there was just lots of... The zone just didn't really work. And that's because the Lakers were hitting their shots. Yeah, the Lakers, which, yeah. The, which doesn't which doesn't always happen, which is why I still have a lot of faith, faith in the Heat this series because the Lakers are not a good three-point shooting – were not a good three-point shooting team in the regular season. And although mm. they all might have gotten playoff Lakers, but yeah. Yeah, like the Lakers aren't going to shoot that well every game. So, like – and exactly. that's kind of what not the Warriors. ran away the game. They're not – no, definitely not. Danny Green is not Clay Thompson. Exactly. <laughs> that um, but just to put it into perspective, the Lakers' three-point dominance at halftime, they shot 65% from three at half. Like 65% from three in the first half from three. Like, that's that's insane. I mean, he wants to the Lakers do that again. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do that again. I mean, you never know. They'll be lucky to shoot but, 50% oh. again. Yeah. Well, that was just at half. They finished off like thirty nine percent from three, I think. That's the still good I know. For yeah. That's what. Well, it's still better than like. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to just let, let's play a mini game, okay? This is gonna be a new segment on the show. So, the title of it is "Who was the Lakers' third player last night?" Who was the Lakers' third player last night? Because um, we can play this game every Lakers game because it always changes. So, who do you think it was? Last night, just what you've seen on the court. Who do you think was the Lakers' third best player last night? KCP was playing really well last night. KCP and is the second guy I have. Yeah, I've always honestly, I've always liked the, I've like KCP started the year off awful, and everybody was roasting mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year. But like yeah. once he figured it out, he's been pretty consistent for the Lakers as a good, as the as one of the pieces they need. Um. Trying to think, you have as who you have as your other piece. I have Danny Green. Okay, I was thinking Danny Green. Uh, he actually did really good last night. He played good defense. He had a couple clutch blocks. Well, not really clutch, but I mean every block is clutch, I guess. So. Yeah. Well, especially when nice you're a guard. Plays. Yeah, exactly. And I was kind of worried about how Danny Green was going to be defensively to keep up with those younger guys on the perimeter, like Robinson and Harrow, who just kind of run around a lot. The thing but... is, that wasn't my worry. Like my worry, like Danny Green has been pretty good and pretty great on defense all season, in my opinion. And that's true. And he's been like that's why he's been on the court. Like I think, as we all know, the reason he's not been uh, he's not been one of our favorite players this season is because he's his shooting is so great during the regular season but um <laughs> yeah his deep like if he can continue to shoot pre- fairly consistently uh, on top of play that uh great defense that he's has been playing uh that's the danny green i want to see like every night it's finals danny green back when he was on the spurs like yeah, he is finally last danny green that's when he steps up 
finals of Danny Green. And, I mean, he led the team with threes on the team, three for eight in the game, and he was a plus 21. So he was just very valuable on the court for them. Good defensively. When he was on, they were doing good, and he was hitting his shots, which is rare. Does hit so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, KCP is also a good um, option. Uh, he did really good, too. He had, a, he had like, that back-to-back back, uh, threes in the same spot. Yeah. Yeah, in the corner. Just, yeah. And then he just brings that good defense as well. I really like KCP. Yeah, Frank Vogel said he really likes KCP's defense, but I mean, he also says Alex Caruso is an elite defender. And, you know, I mean, that guy on Twitter said that Caruso. A lot of people, a, a lot of people think Caruso is a good perimeter defender, and I very much disagree. He's a good defender, not a good perimeter. He's a defender. good team defender. He is not a good. He's a good team defender. He is not a great isolation defender, like. I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna just say go guard hey, hard. Russo, go guard Harden <laughs> for the whole game. Like, have fun. Like, no. Like, that yeah, not get him. sixty dropped on you. <laughs> yeah, Harden broke Wilt's record last night. <laughs> <laughs> Who was guarding him? Who was Russo? Oh, you stole the goat. Russo stole the goat. Uh, but Keep yeah. your head up, King. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about the main point of the game, which I feel like is Anthony Davis. Would you agree that he was the best, easily the best player on the floor last night? Anthony Davis for Davis, Davis for Finals MVP. I was gonna ask about. Uh, we can do that now. I'm gonna ask. So, if the Lakers win, which is very probable, I'm not gonna say it's confirmed like lots of people are, but it's very probable that they win. Mm-hmm. And let's just say it keeps up the pace of this game. Who do you think is like the very finals similar MVP? stats? Well, to what they had last night, let's say. Okay, yeah. Um, it's hard. Who do I? Okay, I think it would be LeBron. I still think they'd give it to LeBron, but no matter what, <laughs> yeah, like you could have no matter 15. what, like Davis could average like forty and thirteen, and it's still very much have a good likeliness of being LeBron because I don't think that like the NBA would want to give away um, those like they they wouldn't want LeBron because I feel like people would use that as a hit against LeBron's legacy and I know they're not really thinking of that but at the same time it does kind of seem like they're thinking of it a little bit when they give out awards but yeah I basically yeah I agree think it's a hundred percent going to be LeBron no matter what We'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to see if they even win because that could like not yeah, happen. Yeah, but, I mean, with the way that David he just wanted the gentleman's sweep. Exactly. <laughs> um, but Eddie was dominating, and there was really no answer for him. How much was that, Bam guarding him? I didn't really see. Oh yeah, I was gonna talk about that. So what the Heat did this game was they threw smaller guys at Davis. So it started out Jay Crowder was guarding him, and then Solomon Hill was guarding him, and who else was guarding him? There was another player. Um, Uh, At some points. Who was? I think Jimmy might have been guarding him at some points. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm missing someone. Crowder? Iggy? No. I know that... I know that Crowder and Solomon Hill were, and Bam wasn't really guarding him. Which I think that's the answer. Think, 
I think I know why they kind of want to start out like that to just kind of experiment to see, see how it works. works. Yeah. Because they kind of use Bam, if you notice, like as a help defender. Yeah. Because I think the main reason they did that was they don't well, there's two reasons. One, they don't want Bam in foul trouble. Because, you know, if Anthony Davis is on the court and Bam, like, I kind of thought that they were going to shadow Davis's minutes with Bam's and kind of do that. I think that's but what they'll they do. For, I think that's what they should do from here on out. But here's the thing about doing that if you're guarding Davis every possession of your Bam out of bio, you're still a key part of the offensive end. And if you're guarding Davis, like you're going to be gassed. And he yeah. already has that shoulder injury. So it's just a tough, it's just a tough situation, really. Well, I, I don't think you have to have Bam on Davis all the time, but I think he definitely well, with the way should he was be, playing, he basically do. I think he well, no, should be your primary right. defender towards Davis. Then the thing is the Lakers also run with Dwight. So who do you put on Dwight? Because I don't think it's, putting... it's Dwight. It, it's I mean, Dwight. I still don't think putting Jay Crowder on Dwight is the best decision in the world. Well, putting Jay Crowder on Davis is going to be much better. Oh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. The, the problem is the Heat don't really have another defensive big. Yeah, because the Lakers are a big run, team. But like... They got to run Haslam, bro. I <laughs> old is this man? I think he's Hold 41. On. He's how old? I think he's 41. Oh my god. Oh no, he's 40. 40? Oh, that's not much better. 40? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he's the answer. He's not, he's not even that tall, is he? Six, I don't eight? think so. I thought he's he was, like, I'm pretty no. sure he's like 6'9. Six, 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 I mean, Dwight's I only like, what, 6'10 though? Dwight? I mean, he's a big dude, though. I know, he's strong. It's, but that's why I was like, he's not, is Udonis a thick boy? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> now he might be a thick boy. I don't, yeah, because he's on that end <laughs> of the bench. He's on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, like, novel? you could put Kelly Olynyk on him, but, like, I don't know how useful Kelly Olynyk is on the court in general right now. Like, offensively, sure. I remember, I think it was against the Celtics. Kelly went on the court, and he was just, like, chucking. And I was like, what is this man doing? <laughs> Literally. Um, speaking of, I know we're kind of far away, but speaking of Bam, he did get injured last night. He re-agitated his Celtics injury, correct? It was the same kind of left shoulder thing? Yeah, yeah. So, did you see the story that recently came out about needles? No. Oh, so basically, they want to give Bam pain pillars, right? To, like, ease the pain, because he was in pain. But he didn't take any pain killers. Do you know why he didn't take any pain killers? Um, no. Because he is scared of needles. This is an actual... <laughs> He is scared of needles and didn't want to take painkillers. And that is why he, like, bruh, Jimmy about whoop his ass. <laughs> like, take the damn painkillers. Just now, he's just gonna, like, do while stabbing he, him with a he's needle. He's just gonna do it while Ben's in his sleep. <laughs> he's gonna Why? sneak into his room. He, he's asleep. <laughs> Give him the drugs. But, like, I don't know. Like, I know you're scared of needles, but, like, you're in the finals, man. And, like, Jimmy's on your team. Like, you gotta have that. Like, Jimmy's playing with a broken... You know how many needles Jimmy would take for you? He would take a dagger to the heart, bro. That (laughs) man is made of steel. 
for real. Um, another I think like, I'm gonna the get a Jimmy Like the injuries just suck because the main thing I want for this series was for it to be healthy. Because even though I'm a Lakers fan, like I'm happy with whatever team wins, but most of the time with finals, there's usually injury concerns weighted towards one team and then that's kind of what makes up the series and all i want was a healthy series but now you've got davis with the heat's three major players all semi-injured literally their three best players all got injured jimmy Dragic, bam injured and tyler harrow's voting backpack bro we'll talk about harrow in a bit (laughs) but i mean bam like it didn't say when he was coming back He's doubtful for game two. I've seen that. So I doubt he's going to play for game two. So that's an issue. And then Drogic is... He might not return for the whole series. Yeah. Yeah. He's unlikely to return for the series. He still could, but I'm not sure if he will. Which is a huge loss for that team. What happened because... to his foot? Like, on the video, I saw I didn't see anything. I could just be blind, but I saw I No, that's anything. what everyone, yeah, everyone, like, when it happened, like, no one thought it was a big injury. Those are usually, like, those are usually, like, the bad injuries, yeah. I'm going to Google. He did, I need to see the specific diagnosis because I am Dr. Brody on the case. But he did. That's a new segment on the show, Dr. Brody. I mean, it is Hooper's lab. Now it's going to be Hooper's doctor's office. I don't know. Hooper's doctor. <laughs> I don't know, bro. Um, he a torn left plantar fascia, so he tore something in his foot. I, <laughs> I'm no doctor, even though I claim quite to be. Quite obvious, Doctor Brody is a left. Doctor Brody is not a good doctor. <laughs> don't hire <laughs> me as your doctor. Like it's Dr. a scam, Nick, bro. Doctor Nick. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Uh, but no, it was a, it was a foot injury, and like he was a big part of that team. So well, he's their leading scorer in the playoffs. So and plus he's that vet guard for them. That vet, yeah, that's know? why. And I guess are they gonna have the result to giving Kendrick nine minutes? Probably not. I think they'll just run Harrow at the well, point guard. Um. Well, let's talk about Kendrick Nunn how he played because like I tweeted out. Like, I didn't even know he Kendrick played. Nunn has been, Kendrick Nunn has been. Wait, what did you say? I didn't even know we played. Oh, I'm going to be talking about Kendrick Nunn. So, when he went to the game, like, we know that Kendrick Nunn's been terrible this playoff. Yeah. Because, Yeah, he is. It, it, it just, just seems like he knows what he's doing in the playoffs from when I've seen him on the court. It's just poor conditioning and just, like, not fitting playoff basketball because he got yeah. COVID and then he was out for a bit. And, like, you could tell that he wasn't really getting the right conditioning during, like, the first quarantine, like, in March. Yeah. So those all played factors. But I mean, in the playoffs, before game one, he was averaging three points per game, 29% from the field, 15% from three, and he was playing horrendous. And I tweeted out, like, oh, Kendrick Nunn's checked in the game. You know, it's bad when Kendrick Nunn's checked in the game <laughs> because he has been terrible. But um, you might not actually know this. This might surprise you. So. Kendrick Nunn got 18 points last night. Okay, Kendrick Nunn. He shot much 8 he from play? 11. Uh, I don't know how many minutes, but I'll just tell you the rest of the stats. So, 18 points. He shot 8 from 11 from the field. Uh, he shot 2 for 4 from 3. 5 assists. 
zero turnovers, and was a plus eight when he was on the floor. I'll check mm. out his minutes. Hey, if he can keep playing like that, maybe he'll actually start getting some minutes. Um, He played 20 minutes. It's not um, bad. That's more than, yeah, like 20 minutes. Like that's, I mean, it was during kind of garbage time, but I mean, he had a positive impact on the floor and he actually looked good, which was surprising. And it's still the finals, so you don't want to take your foot off the gas at any point. No, but I don't think that like, since Drogic's going to be doubtful, like they'll probably slide him in, I would assume. Yeah. To playing more time. Well, and yeah. like he's really got to. Can't just run your wings at the point guard all the time. No. Like you can get away with this sometimes, but you got to have. Kendrick Lamb's really got to step up like he yeah. did that one game. But when it matters more, you know? Because he was their starter for the regular season. The whole regular season, yeah. And then Drogic, Drogic kind of took over in the playoffs, which was good for them. But yeah, now that he's out. No, well, that's helped more. Yeah. Like, I was a really big fan of Kendrick Nunn during the regular season. Like, I really so started, I. he so really did. started to grow on me. He was playing really good. But hopefully he can return to – at least, like, he doesn't need to be, like, amazing. Like, even if he's, like, decent and just isn't the Kendrick Nunn from before, you know? Yeah. Just can be an asset in a potential championship team. Like, he averaged 15 points per game in the regular season. If he could do – with decent shooting. If he could do that – like, 15 points with decent shooting. Like, that's all you need from him. Exactly. I mean, losing Drogic's still big, but, I mean, and I don't know when he's going to return, but it's going to play a huge effect on the series, those injuries. Um, is there anything else I have written down? Oh, yeah, just some, gotta talk just about some rookie guys. Yeah, we'll talk about Harold and a couple of rookie guys or young players, I guess, kind of struggled like, this game. Well, rookie. Um, so the first one is Tyler Harrow. Uh, he finished the game off with six from eighteen shooting and a minus guess. Guess what his plus minus was? Obviously, twenty seven. Minus thirty five. That's awful. <laughs> <laughs> I love the that's awful. I mean it was awful. I mean I did like what I seen from him in the second quarter. The quarter where they, you know, started losing badly. <laughs> I mean, he finished off six from eighteen in the game, but he shot three for six in the second quarter and he was hanging some threes and I was like, Okay, that first quarter was just a it was just a, a blip in the road. But yeah. Um <laughs> That didn't really go according to plan. I mean, do you think that he'll bounce back? I mean, it's just I think he can. That is true. I feel like the Lakers kind of humbled him because this man just has so much confidence and like. Well, he can. It's with good reason. He was torching the Celtics at some point. So. Yeah. So, I mean, if we could see that hero, like yeah. he can be the hero. <laughs> we can be the hero, hero we've seen. Well, who need a hero, hero, hero? <laughs> Hero. Um, <laughs> uh, next, I want to talk about Duncan Robinson. Um, he was basically non-existent that game. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't really remember seeing him at all. I The only times I seen him were when he was doing something. Like, <laughs> well, well, no, that's not know. what I mean. But, like, the only time he was on the court, I feel like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Um, he shot 0 for 3 from 3, and they were all open shots. Yeah, and and you can't you can't expect that from him all series like at all. 
And the thing is, he was doing that. He was torching, but like, it's the finals. And yeah. Jimmy will beat them into shape. Don't worry. The Heat will be back. <laughs> he'll get the belt and he'll be back and win in five. <laughs> no missing threes. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've had enough. No. Now you've had enough. <laughs> He's just beating them. Um, one thing I want to point out, though, that the Lakers actually did really well that I've seen. They were like, most of Duncan Robinson's threes are off screens. And yeah. the Lakers really played well with They were switching really well on some of the screens when they could. But they were smothering him off screens. They didn't get any looks off of screens, which yeah. is key. Because he, if he's hot, like, the heat shooting is, like, what's going to kill the Lakers. And he's their best shooter. So, like, I really liked how they played that. And they also, um, they forced him to do a bailout pass mid-shot to the rolling big, which, like, was fine. I don't think that they scored off of any of his bailout passes. But, I mean... Just kind of neutralizing him, I think, was something that kind of went unnoticed in that game. That's a, yeah, well, and that's a big key because everyone's been taught like a lot of the one of the main things people have been talking about for the Heat to do well in this series is the Heat shooting, and if they're not going to be able to shoot well, then it's very difficult for them to have a chance in this series. Well, that's their advantage point, and in this game, the Lakers were shooting better than the Heat. Now, if the Lakers are shooting better than the Heat, yep. then you're not going to win the game if you're the yeah. Um. Let's talk about Kyle Kuzma. What do you want to point out about Kyle Kuzma? There's kind of two things that I kind of like had notes taken on, but did you notice anything from Kyle Kuzma that was significant? Nothing out of the ordinary. Um, he made some. I was actually surprised he made some nice passes. I will say that they they like, I remember them actually talking about that on the uh, during the game. The commentators were mentioning that he's improved as a passer. Which, I mean, when you have AD on your team, I would hope you would look for AD a little more and, like, work on getting your all-around teammates, especially on a championship well, was, team. Well, he was finding shooters, which I like. Exactly. See, yeah. I don't really – but, I mean, offensively, other than that, he shot one for seven and just didn't really – I mean, defensively, like, the thing about Kuzma is he's not great. And, like, defensively and offensively, he's just, like, very – how would you describe him as a player? Um, inconsistent. But he brings the energy, which I exactly like. that's what I do like about Kuzma. He's not a good defender, but he brings the energy, which kind of like tries. energy can energy can hide a defender. Yeah, because let's look at an example here. Let's look at a real life analogy. Me in real life basketball, I am not a good defender, Ass. but I put oh, energy shit. on that side. But I put energy on that side of the court. And it, I'm not a good defender, but it pays off and I get some stops. So it's like, yeah. defense is all about effort. And if he's bringing good energy, then, you know, that's going to pay off. And then Bam shot two for eight. Uh, so just those young players kind of struggling in game one. Do you think that, how do you think they're going to bounce I back? think it's just first game jitters. But the here's the thing, though. I was thinking the same thing, but like, how different is this game than any of their other games? You know? I mean, it's not, but at the same time, like you are also going up against LeBron and the Lakers, where I also feel like it's different than going up against Jason Tatum and the Celtics, or well, I guess Giannis That's and the Bucks is a bigger one, but even still. 
the arena atmosphere isn't there, which is kind of a bummer. That's true. Yeah, it's just a regular. That's also could be why some teams are succeeding so much. Exactly. Also, let's talk about the NBA court for a second because there was lots of debate about it. What did you think of the NBA court like design? Were you just like, did you have an opinion on it? I, I don't know. I think I think it's fine. I don't know. Everyone's saying that the court is ass and they need the Larry O'Brien trophy back in the middle. Like, remember when they had the that's true the trophy in the middle? Yeah, everyone liked that. And also, this is I don't know if this is just me, but what really like threw me off was did you notice the baselines were like uh, blue and red i did not like that it, really I don't, it looks off. it looks kind of weird it looks like, like the, looking... it looks right now it makes it look like the court is smaller like the base it does look really small actually which is kind of what i don't like because if you look at this bubble the way people are shooting better is because the disorientation of the basket and just like your perspective on the basket if the baseline looks smaller, then there's going to be less people going baseline because it does yeah. look like it's like an illusion. It looks smaller to me. I don't know if that's just me, but it does look smaller. Um, there's nothing really else I have to talk about. Uh, Jay Crowder, briefly, he shot bad in that Celtics series, but he bounced back this game. Yeah. I was impressed by him. Offensively, uh, four for seven from three. Shot 25% in the Celtics series, and he's a huge X factor. And just, I really want to see him bounce back from the Celtics series, and it looks like he is going to, which is good. Yeah. What's your prediction? Uh, oh, yeah. Series prediction. Um, I had Lakers in six. Um, I might lower it to Lakers in five. Game two or is a big one. Yeah. Game is two is really going to be big. Just the injuries, man. That's the main thing. Yeah. Like, like this series would be six or seven, in my opinion, if it was fully healthy. But because the Heat are battling so many injuries and because they got off to a bad start, I think Lakers in five or six. It's very reasonable. Some, a lot of people were saying Lakers in four, though. So, Jimmy's going to take that. Uh, he's going to take that personally. I mean, hopefully. I want to take it personally. I want to bounce back, bro. But, wow, what's your prediction? And has it changed since game one? Like, what was your prediction pre-game well, one? And was it? I said he didn't seven, but I don't really know how serious I was about that. As of right now, I'd say, pending if the Lakers win game two, he didn't, or Lakers in six or seven. Yeah, that makes sense. If the Lakers, um, the Lakers win, probably in five. Yeah, that's reasonable. Um, but game two is tomorrow, so we're going to stay tuned for that and maybe record another podcast talking about it if it's more interesting than game one. So stay tuned for that. We'll, we'll see you guys in the next podcast. Thank you for listening, and goodbye. Adios.